0: What's good? Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. I'm Harrison Sanford, joined by three time NBA champion Danny Green. And I want to, Danny, just today discuss a number of title contenders. And I obviously want to talk about a team that might no longer be a title contender, considering everything that's happened with your former team and John mm-hmm. Morant over the past weekend. But let's start. Uh, With what happened on Monday night at Rocket Mortgage Arena or Monday night, let's just say, let's say, let's start with what happened Monday night in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. where Grant Williams, at the end of the game, had a chance (laughs) to seal the deal and told your homie, your friend, your teammate, Donovan Mitchell, that he wasn't just not going to make one free throw to seal the game. He was going to make both, Uh, ended up missing both. Game goes to overtime overtime. Cleveland Cavaliers win 118-114. Uh, what, what has been your impression so far uh, being with Mr. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers and their ability to always keep fighting? The guys, You guys lost in Boston not mm-hmm. too long ago, but there was a fight that was applied to the end of the game, and I think we just saw it again here mm-hmm. Monday night resulting in a win.
1: Yeah, well, since I've gotten here, they've shown the firepower that they're able to produce – In a short amount of time, even when the first game in Philly, we were down 20 plus and came back and made it a game by the fourth quarter. You know, same in Boston, same in other scenarios that we've had. We've been down Atlanta. We came back a little bit, but there's been scenarios we've been in a hole and they've been able to come back. Um, So, yeah, Donovan is very explosive, obviously very good player. So is Darius, Um, Evan has shown very good signs of a lot of potential. Um, but yes, Monday night was a fun one. It was a lot. To, it was a lot of fun watching being on the sideline. Um, obviously, you want to be in, the, in that type of scenario, want to be playing. Uh, but I'm still, I guess, figuring out what's going on and seeing how the coaching staff, they're figuring out their rotations and I guess still learning the system and the the offense and the defense. Um, so we'll see how that goes within the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah, from the sideline, from a fan standpoint and from a team or teammate standpoint, um, I like what we can bring to the table. I do think that our weaknesses are at times we don't score enough. Um, we have trouble scoring, especially in the half court some. So even though we're not a team that can get up and down with a bunch of teams, I think we have to slow fast and you know, run when we can on offense, but defensively try to slow it down on the other end. Um, and I think the biggest difference is obviously um, shooting wise, the teams that the games that we have lost, uh was the perimeter, three-point line. We lost the the three-point line, the three-point game. Um, but a big key tonight was rebounding. Uh, I started to notice over the last couple of games, we've struggled rebounding the ball, um, defensively and offensively. That's why they got so many opportunities. Boston, they've gotten some putbacks, tip-ins, uh, second chances. End of that game, there was a lot of foul calls um, for the game where we could have won went back and forth, but there were a lot of calls that could have went either way and that gave both teams opportunity. Um lucky for us, Grant smoked them, but he had opportunity <laughs> to win the game.
0: I um, saw your sideline of-
1: celebration, by the way. Oh, everybody had the same <laughs> celebration, <It's>, ain't no <laughs> different. But you know, I, and the way he walked up to that free throw line, he was very confident. So I thought for sure he was gonna make at least one. He said, I'm making both. Because before he talked to Donovan, you could see him, you know. I'm like, come on, just give us one, make it interesting, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, I'm <laughs> making both. And then he said he kept saying, I'm making both. I'm like, damn, he, he might make he missed that first one. I was like, Oh, you know, a little bit <laughs> of Doubt starting to creep in. I'm like, all right, there's no way he's missing two. smoke. The second one. Crazy thing is, even after he smoked both free throws, they had two tipping attempts with point eight yeah. seconds. Oh, to- yeah. I don't know what's going on with our clock, but it was point eight <laughs> seconds ago and they got two tipping attempts. There was one tip and another tip and then they missed both and they called the called it into overtime. Um, so we lucked out and we, you know, clock kept- not
0: moving fast enough, huh?
1: Yeah, we, well, we uh, we always wait till the second half to turn it on. We have to, you know, start with a sense of urgency from the beginning of the game. Uh, but I think our, you know, if we're going to give ourselves a chance, especially if we're not shooting that well when we know we're capable of, or having great shooting nights, uh, we have to rebound the ball. We have to play defense. We have to slow teams down and get back in transition. And then on our offense, we got to find ways to get easy ones uh, because we don't have the bench scoring that I thought we could have. You know, we got to get Vert a little bit more involved or getting some scoring from him. Him and Evan, I think, are the two X factors that we need. Obviously, Darius and Donovan have to put up numbers every night, but we need some scoring from somewhere else. So, Jared, Evan, and Vert, those guys are going to have to put up, you know, some numbers to keep us, you know, afloat. And obviously, we're going to two, four, six, whatever from everybody else that plays in those roles or those minutes. Are we going to need that? But defensively, we got to do a better job of rebounding, finishing out the defense, and, um, you know, be able to, to run a little bit so we can get some easy ones
0: yeah, for sure. Right now, you guys are bottom five in pace in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely gonna be difficult to score uh, without a better pace because you are putting yourself in a situation where you gotta operate in the half court um and without having, you know, especially in this NBA, not having shooting at at least four positions will mm-hmm. definitely hurt your spacing. And it mm-hmm. leads me to believe, uh, and I, I'm finding so many parallels between your time in Memphis and your time in Cleveland, both teams. Really good defensively. Both teams, when you decide to run, can do it really well. Grizzlies, uh, at least going into the weekend, this past weekend, number two in the NBA in fast break points, 17.7. I'm not sure where the Cavs rank, but similar teams, strong defensively, got some explo- explosive scoring guards. They had explosive pretty much quarter the
1: other They had a 51-point yeah. quarter of the night. They're, explosive. They're both very young, uh, lacking some experience. So, yeah, there's very similar traits with both groups. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully I can be, you know, put in a certain situation to help with Donovan and Darius with spacing and also give them some maturity and on that experience. But, um, yeah, when you have guys that are that are out there and they are able to pack the paint, you know, Evan and Jared. Um, and then, of course, Isaac, who's still, you know, a decent shooter. They're working on it. You know, he shoots it pretty well, but not well enough for them to not shift off him. Um, and we got Lamar who comes in and Jetty comes in um so they're you know they're decent shooters but you said we're going to need some space for them and hopefully and if not you know depending on what the coach staff does we got to find ways to defensively really stop teams if we're not you know Mm -hmm. getting the space or scoring the way we need to
0: yeah it's going to be it's very interesting to see how that kind of develops and i go back to your time with memphis because you said from the outset the x factor is jaron jackson jr uh Mm -hmm. and how he performs uh to kind of give somebody else a release valve offensively and obviously we know how good he is defensively. Do you feel this? I assume you feel the same way with Evan Mobley. Like the yes. Cavaliers' ceiling is pretty much defined by how much Evan Mobley develops over the next two, three, five, six, seven, eight, yes.
1: nine years. 100%. I think, you know, hopefully he can. Usually you try to grow within those first three to four years, you know, because most guys' games don't change after year six or seven. You so? You know, mm-hmm. hopefully he can grow get established, get comfort and some experience, but get that bag that he needs to have um to be that X factor to somebody that can carry a team that also has all-star potential, but to be that all-star um in the next two or three years where he can bring this organization to another level. Um speaking of X factors, I know I said Jaron is X Factor for that group over there, but they just lost somebody I think that is gonna really hurt them. And I think that's gonna cost them them being a contender this oh, we'll year.
0: talk so yeah we'll talk about we'll talk about the Grizzlies a little bit. We have a whole thing on on Memphis, but yeah, sure. I, I know. Yeah, Brandon Clark for sure is definitely going to be an aspect. I I I prefer to save that for the second half because we have a wealth of conversations to have about the Grizzlies. With uh, okay. that being said, though, you, you so you saw the so I, I did say I want to talk about contenders, and while the Cavaliers have been a good team so far this year, I think there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of skepticism on how the team performs in the playoffs, particularly with the lack of shooting right now with the guys who are getting minutes, and we kind of know how the playoff defenses are going to kind of treat you guys as a team for sure um so but you did see the boston celtics who have for the majority of the year been one of the best teams in the nba if not been the best but danny you know what i do for a living now i'm like i'm analyzing stats on stats on stats on stats i have way too many stats in my head and -hmm. the one thing uh, that's become very popular to talk about not just with me uh but with like a lot of boston media is how many threes the celtics are willing to shoot Number two in the NBA, forty like around 42 uh, threes per game. Uh, today, they went ahead and put up 48, shooting 16 of 48. And Joe Missoula is pretty much on record saying he wants them to shoot that many threes. It's basically saying it's a numbers game. The more threes they take, the better. Mm-hmm. But that allows for old teams to come.
1: <laughs> huh? It's like old, old Houston back in the day, right?
0: Yep. yep. But that allows teams to come back into games. The Knicks beat them in double overtime on Sunday night. Uh, you guys just came back and beat them on Monday. I think, and Jason Tatum, I believe, is averaging over nine and a half threes or something like that. I'm starting to think to myself, okay, it's getting a little bit too ridiculous now. When you got oh, somebody no. like Jason Tatum at six, ten, oh, it's one thing if it's, and obviously Donovan Mitchell's a great player, but mm. at his size, I understand if he ends up taking 10 threes a game. Yeah, But when you're Tatum- and you're shooting that many threes, or as a team, you're just shooting that many threes. I've 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 been watching the Celtics because they recently played the Knicks twice, and they just played you guys. They give so many opportunities to get back into the game because of their willingness to continuously launch threes, even if they're good shots.
1: I don't know, but. man. I have to I have to disagree. Um, as I said I don't think they're bad threes, and 48 is not bad. I don't think they're shooting. A, it's a it's a high number, but I think it's a it's a fairly good number, especially when Tatum's out. I think they're averaging like four, 50 attempts from three, or they had 50 attempts from three when he's not playing. Um, 48, I think it's just the defensive side of it. You know, when and Jason Tatum, even though he's getting nine, three nine attempts a game, he's still getting to the free throw line. He's still getting twos. He's still giving you a diversity of buckets out there, not just all threes. <laughs> um so I said he. I don't think he's 6'10 he keeps growing every year it was about 6'8 6'9 but he's a tall guard he can get to the rim he does post up he does get free throws he does give you mid range but you know that's the game today and if you're going to get open looks you got to take them especially if they shoot most of those guys shoot at a high clip Al Horford shoots at a high clip Grant Williams shoots at a high clip even Marcus Smart's gotten better Pritchard shoots at a high clip Hauser shoots at a high clip Jalen and, and Jason Brogdon high clip they're all very capable good shooters. So if you have open shots, why not take them? The biggest thing is the reason why they let teams back in the game is because defensively, I think they might do too much switching. Maybe, I don't know. But I think defensively, they're not getting the stops that they need to get, which they normally get. um, They had or in the past or last year. And maybe it's they're just getting out of, you know, maybe they're burnt out. Maybe they're getting tired. Maybe it's fatigue. Um, But as a team with that type of experience and has been there last year or last couple of years have been in the playoffs, um, you would think they would find ways you know, when you have a lead like that against certain teams, to to keep the lead and and not shoot themselves out of it, as you would say.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been quite it's just quite surprising to see them give up these leads. Uh, and I I personally think that maybe the shot profile should be a little bit different. But what do I know? I haven't won an NBA. I mean, if you have layups, you take form, layups, but like it's, it's, yeah. the game the game well, is so, layups well, and
1: threes. I mean, Jalen and Jason take mid ranges. You see, Jalen took a bunch of mid ranges tonight. But those yeah. are the ones that are not going to really beat you.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I've just seen, I've just seen Tatum, be, especially recently, miss a lot of threes that didn't feel like they need to be taken. But that's another story for another day. We'll we'll continue to investigate the Celtics. I'm sure uh, they'll be around uh, when it matters towards playoff time. Uh, speaking of which, so you guys, I don't know if you know this or not, or at least going into the weekend, you have the easiest strength of schedule left <laughs> in the NBA. Okay. As of going into the weekend at least. The Philadelphia 76ers have the second hardest schedule. This is before the weekend before they played Milwaukee. Who's and the first? I was I've been telling people in my circles or in my little hey guys, maybe the Cavs might get the number three seed. Just watch out for them. They got an easy schedule. Sixers have a tough schedule, mm-hmm. but um I'm I'm looking at what Joel Embiid and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey have did Saturday. And I'm saying to myself, well, maybe the Cavaliers just won't catch them at all. Well, has that been a conversation by any chance getting the number three seed? And how do you think you guys uh, shape up in terms of trying to get that from the Philadelphia 76ers? I believe you guys are two and a half games behind.
1: Okay. Yeah. I didn't know we that close, but it, it was a conversation. It is a conversation. And I think the biggest conversation is, or the focus is us, is focusing on us and not getting satisfied or lackadaisical and continue to be the hunter instead of the hunted. And that's continue to sheave, strive for more and catch the people in front of us and not worry about the people behind us. Right. And that's just a mindset you should have when you're trying to go, go into the playoffs, when you don't have playoff experience. And the best way to prepare for playoffs is to take every one of these games like a playoff like game. Um, We do have it's an easy schedule because I think the days in between, we have a lot of space in between, There's not many back-to-backs. Um, but yeah, there it's, are... it's
0: because of the strength. Is It's because the, the winning record of your opponents. For sure, that and... too.
1: I was going into both of those. But we do have okay. some teams that are good teams for us to get prepared for. We do play Miami. We do play Brooklyn. These are teams that we could match up. We do play the Knicks. Um, you know, we do play Atlanta. These are teams that we can look at and say, you know what, we might end up catching or facing one of these guys at some point sooner. or but these are teams that are playoff-like teams that we can use these games to get prepared for the playoffs. So, you know, I expect us to continue to have that mentality and not be satisfied where we are, but continue to try to, you know, move forward. And I think we can. I think it's a possibility um, if we just worry about us. But I think the focus is, is not our right, standings. We know we're not in the playoffs right now. We just want to get better each game, each day, and be playing the best basketball we can possibly be playing when mid-April hits.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm looking forward to where you guys are in April, regardless of the seeding. Uh, but I will say this uh, before we end up talking about John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies and more, a little bit more in depth. Uh, I will say this: you are setting up for probably the first doomsday scenario in your yeah. playing career. Listen, you know what? I, you know what? I, you know what I'm referring to? I don't. This might be the first time in your career as a New York native that you were going to play the New York Knicks in the playoffs. I'd yeah. imagine you got a couple of homies who are Knicks fans or cheer for the Knicks because they're from New York, want to see them be successful. Of course. XYZ, XYZ. And now there's a, there's a strong possibility that you're going against the hometown team. Uh, and obviously that would be hometown team for Donovan Mitchell too who we know uh-huh. the rumors were that the Knicks had a chance to get them this summer, but opted against it, which I think was the right decision at the time, but nonetheless, Danny, what are your thoughts on potentially? It's seeing? not
1: the first time. I mean, they're, they're playing, they're hooping, they're balling, bro. Um, So I have to shout, give, give them their, where credit is due, give them their props. The Knicks are hooping they're playing really good basketball. It's going to be a tough matchup for anybody who plays them in the first round, the way they're playing basketball. Um but yeah, it's not the first time that I've had a matchup in the playoffs where the homies was rooting against me. I played against Which Miami one? in the finals, and um, there's a lot of Bron fans out there, and a lot of them are all over the world, not just in you know in New York, of course, not you know not just in Texas or but that's in Miami. Different. You know, I would have rooted against Le-
0: I would have rooted against LeBron. Uh, I, I, it's one thing if it's a if it's a if a person they can't be rooted for another person so, over some you. Some of them
1: are some of them are Miami. But your homies. The, the That's crazy. No, you no, know, no, listen.
0: no, 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 You got to think about, you so got to choose sides.
1: Bron, Bron is a home team for them. So it's not the first time that I've been <laughs> Bron in is a the playoff home team. series <laughs> against, you know, a, a, a team that was home team for them. I mean, I have some people that are from Philly. I played against Philly when I was in Toronto. You know, East, East Conference teams. There's been teams where I've I played against that. Some of the homies are from that city. Um, obviously, they're rooting for me, but they're home deep down. Their team or their person is somebody else. So it won't be that's the first wild. time. But obviously New York, yes, it's a different level of, you know, them growing up being a, a, a Nick fan. So um it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. um You know, all I think – all I can do is hope that I get a chance to have opportunity to be have playing that series and have fun with it. Uh, but we don't know. We'll never know. We'll see how it shapes up. I think the East is going to be interesting. The West is going to be more interesting just to see how that all pans out with the last 10 to – you know, five to 10 games, see who lands where and who's going to match up with who because I think that's going to be a hell of a – uh, first round series for everybody over there, but um the East, just, just as interesting. So this is the first time where I feel like the league is not that crazily top heavy, you know, it's evenly balanced. And a lot of teams uh, can sneak in there.
0: I, 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 I hate to say it. I still think it is top. I think there's, Danny, I think there's in only the three West? teams. That, I, I think there's only three, there's, I think there's only two teams in the West that are going to win a championship. You really think it's that the, nobody it's, it's, it's the sons of the warriors. That's it. Any That's team
1: it. could no, nah, I That's don't it. think the warriors, warriors there,
0: any the team, team, any team could win two rounds, but the stability, the experience, the talent to win three rounds, you really have to worry about it. It's the right sun, now. it's the sun to the Warriors. Wait till they get Wiggins back. I'm telling you, wait till they get Wiggins back. He's, he's, had, a what, he's had a troubled
1: year. He's had a troubled takes, year. All, sure. all it takes is one injury. Once again, man, listen, Milwaukee hasn't sure. been healthy all year. Boston in and out, but those are two teams that it's but I think it's a lot of teams can sneak into the conference finals. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like
0: any team sneak to the conference. Pretty, yeah, you can get open. to the conference finals, but the finals is a, it's a different monster. Different monster, in my opinion. We we got. I think we could talk about it for days. We
1: can, but there's not every team's going to stay healthy. And I think anybody is open is wide open this year
0: for sure. A lot of te- a lot sure. of teams have a chance the cat the, the, a lot of teams have a chance to win one round that's uh, that's that's how i see it i,
1: I think a, a lot of, there's i think there's more than just four teams that can make it to the finals
0: uh i got the bucks i got the warriors i got the suns and maybe the celtics i think that's it i think it's i think it shuts off there but we'll discuss that for okay. another moment for another at another time one team i do not believe will be there Is Danny's former team, the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll talk about Ja Morant and his time away from the team and everything revolving around Danny's former team when we come back from the break. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. Danny Green, Harrison Sanford. uh, Much to discuss and not the most pleasant of topics. Over this weekend, uh, Ja Morant, uh, it was announced that he'll be taking time away from the Memphis Grizzlies, at least two games. Uh, This happened after he was caught well, not caught. Uh, exposed himself, uh, brandishing a gun on IG Live. We into the more. We into Saturday morning. This comes on the heels of a loss uh, to the Denver Nuggets, where they lost the lead in that fourth quarter. Uh, Brandon Clark got injured in that game, torn Achilles, out for the season. We will discuss that. Also, Dylan Brooks picked up his. 16th technical foul, which means he was suspended for their Sunday game against the LA Clippers. We'll discuss that as well. But chief, among the issues for the Memphis Grizzlies is one, job Morant, and now the time that he's taken away uh, from the team. On Monday, we found out that the Colorado police are investigating Morant because uh, they do have some rules and regulations as it pertains to gun ownership uh, or usage in uh, in their jurisdiction. Now, uh, you Colorado is an open carry state. However, you are not allowed to be in possession of a firearm under the influence. Now, we can't confirm if John Morant was drunk or not, but his actions on that Saturday uh, IG Live would lead you to believe that he was. So, uh, I don't think we are far from done with this John Morant issue with the Memphis Grizzlies, and obviously that impacts them in the immediate future. Uh, Danny, I feel like I have a wealth of questions to ask you. Uh, But first and foremost, Mm -hmm. when you saw the news come down, I'm I'm curious because you spent time in Memphis and you Mm -hmm. saw what was going on. You have a better idea than most. One, did you feel as if you could have done more? Before it got to this point, even though it's not a terrible point, it could have been a lot worse. Did you Mm -hmm. feel that your time in Memphis, you should have said Done more or anything as it pertains to John ja Morant?
1: Uh, yes and no. Um, it was such a short stint, man. I wish I would have gotten a chance to have more sit downs with him. There wasn't a bunch of opportunities. There were some, but he has his camp around him. He has his people around him. He has his family, and um, you know, those are people he likes. To, he probably decides to confide in and you know have personal conversations with. Um, so yeah, I mean, would I have liked to have more time with him? Sure. Uh, he's a great kid. I know he's a great kid at heart, loves the game, loves to compete, you know, watches film, wants to be great. Um, you know, and just enjoys the competitive nature of playing basketball. I do think he just also likes to have fun. He likes to enjoy his life, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, doing it in a particular way, in a safe way. Where I'm I'm actually glad that this has happened now. I think a lot of people have something to say. Everybody's giving lectures, their piece of advice um their woulda coulda shouldas or their history their stories I think a lot of people had some great things to say and um yeah I'm not here to lecture him I'm just here to, to give a, a ear a helping hand you know and, and I will give him some time I'll text him but if you know he ever sees this or hears this you know if you ever need me you know where to find me you know, you hit my line we can chop it up um obviously we all know he knows that he was in the wrong and this was a mistake uh, but said, so luckily nobody was harmed, nobody was hurt from it, and he can learn from that mistake now, and you know he can turn it around. Um, but yeah, uh, I wish I had a little more time with him. It would have been good to be able to to get to know him a little better, to sit down with him more, and see where his head's at, because I know he carries a lot of weight, and you know it's a lot of not just him and the team, but the people around him of who he has to try to keep happy, or he wants he wants to keep happy. So. Um, and that's just a, that's a lot for a youngster to, to carry in this league. You know, you become the head of the household so soon, make a lot of money, and you're there to the protect, provide for not just your family, but now your friends and everybody around you. So um, I know he's carrying a lot of weight on his shoulders. So, yeah, I definitely wish I'd had more time to be able to, um, you know, chop it up with him.
0: Uh, in his uh, address after getting uh, or declaring that he would take time away from the team, he said uh, he would address or use the time to better... Uh, figure out how to help deal with stress. Um, And Taylor uh, Jenkins, the head coach has said that they will use use some efforts or make the effort to get job, the help that he needs, but not Mm -hmm. necessarily specifying what exactly that help is, whether that's talking to a series of former players, whether that's going to counseling sessions, whether that's just time literally away from the team. Uh, Danny, if you were, Let's just say you were running the Grizzlies, right? Hmm. Let's put on your media analyst cap here. You're the GM of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um hmm. uh, how are you making sure that John Morant gets on the right path? What give me your uh, if you had a, a three-step plan before you felt confident making him or proclaiming him to be the face of the franchise, uh again, what would you need to see?
1: That's tough, man. Cause as as grown men. It's hard to control. Not that you want to mm-hmm. control. You want to at least know that you have somewhat of a control over your players and how they're operating on and off the court, mostly off the court as well. Um, but they do have the resources there. They do have um, somebody you can talk to there. You want to have that open door. Maybe it's not somebody's comfortable with talking to. So I want to make sure that we have, you know, sec- obviously they have a bunch of security too. That I-, I feel like Memphis has done an amazing job organizationally of providing all the resources that you need. Um, without kind of forcing it on you i think i guess the next step now is is kind of is him you can't fight it now he i guess you got to force it on him a little bit more and he has to accept it a little more because of some of the things that he's done the mistakes that he's made um so yeah i don't want to put myself in running the organization or how it's, it's hard to you know what I'm saying to put yourself in those shoes or what you're going to do i've never run an organization before so i don't know how to do that mind you i'm not the type of guy to try to control grown men i've never even coached them and that's something that i don't plan on doing because I know it's tough to manage egos but when you're a GM or a coach or you know uh, uh, an owner there's some you know precautions you have to take when, when you're bringing certain people on board or hiring them or giving out these contracts so when you're trying to protect these type of deals or these type of players or these type of partners that you have there's cer- certain uh, I guess steps you have to take so I would love to learn them but I, I would think that they're probably gonna be a little more forceful with you know kind of being a little controlling of the situation of who is, uh, Allowed into the arena, who he brings around him, his, his groups, um, that type of thing. I mean, you can't can't really tell him who he can can and can't be friends with. Um, but I'm sure they already had banned one of his friends from the arena. I'm sure they're gonna limit, you know, family room or this or you know, break breads or who you can bring and on the road of how much you're doing this and that. Um, they're gonna try their best to. But said, so these are grown men out there. You can't really limit them. You can't really tell them what to do. You can only offer it and and watch, and I, I'm sure they're going to keep an even closer eye on him, which I'm sure they were already close on him. But um, since this has happened now, they're going to even you know be more tight to the chest and more on on top of him.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I I I've seen so many different people comment on it, and I hate one thing. I do hate is people also like uh, telling him he needs to hang with a different crowd. And obviously, yeah. if the crowd that he was with helped him uh, or guided him a little bit better. Maybe he wouldn't be doing the same thing, but Danny, as somebody who's known a a wealth of people from different backgrounds, and and Mm then I'm not going to sit here and I can't say for certain that it's Ja Morant's people that Mm -hmm. are the quote unquote bad people or the people that are leading towards whatever decisions Ja is making. Now I can I can say they're not helping, but I don't know. End of the day, like. Let's keep it a bean. John is a jaw, uh, whether he likes it or not, is a grown-ass man. And he's going to make his are, decisions. Yeah. Well, yeah, while people are saying, well, it's your circle, and maybe, yeah, you could always tighten up your circle if you'd like. But at the end of the day, these are Ja's decisions. Uh, I think it was somebody, I, there's been so much commentary on it, but basically somebody said, you are the one, you create the vibe now because you're the one who's, you're the one with the money. You create mm-hmm. the vibe. And you create the initiative, whatever your crew is doing. If you wanted to be uh, a billionaire, then you tell then you help your boys or your crew or wherever it is, uh, kind of get into investing or whatever there might be. doesn't necessarily mean uh, just because you have money or just because your friends want to do a certain type of thing, you just shut it down cause
1: for sure. hundred percent the they may not. Right? They may not be they may not be helping. Uh, I said I can't fully put it on them um but i think most people when they say that they're saying surround yourself with people that are going to make sure you're doing the right thing you know what i'm saying and i think a lot of them are just enjoying life and living vicariously which is nothing wrong with that um but i think now they're going to tighten up as well they're looking at them like you know the internet the people the the, you know the media they're all blaming us so we got to make sure jobs on its p's and q's i think this is that it's obviously it's bad that this happened but it's a good thing it's happened now and i think for all you know, all cases, all categories, everybody around him um, is going to be able to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, all right, I got to do better to make sure that he's good or he's better. So uh, I think hopefully his outcome will be will be good in a sense that everybody tightens up and that he doesn't make these mistakes again. So we'll see, man. Um, you know, said if not, then it's going to be a sad story. But we all pushing and supporting and hoping for not, you know, for that not to happen. Um, but, you know, we're all rooting for him. We want to see him do well. So, you know, we expect him, the organization, and his group to tighten up and to, to get him on the right path.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'll go back to just your your time there. So there was another report today, I believe from Sham Sharania. This is a Monday report that basically uh, detailed that Steven Adams uh, told the team uh, that they shouldn't go out partying. Uh, and it turned out that John ja Morant w- and ended up partying that night, ended up going to that Dallas, I mean, that Denver or Colorado, uh, outside of Denver area, uh, kind of strip club or gentleman's club, as they would call it, and uh, was partying there, was seen there. Uh, I'm just, I'm curious, Danny, one, did you feel yeah. like, did when you were there, did you feel like, I need a couple other guys my age here, too? Not. It, just yes. one vet or two yes. vets not enough. Definitely, I, I felt like
1: yeah, I definitely felt like we need another vet or two to help uh, push the, the the narrative of, or just help them understand the maturity part of it. And it wasn't. I'm not going to put them all in the same category. They're not all the same. Um, they're all different types of, but they're all great kids. They're all great guys. So they have some of them have families. Some of them stay at home. A lot of them stay home. They're focused. They want to win. They want to hoop. They compete. They take care of their bodies. Um, you know, Josh some, happens to be a little different. He likes to party sometimes. I'm not saying he's the only one, um, but, you know, he's one of the few over there. It's not like they're all going out. There's a couple of them that go out and he goes out sometimes. And I think so that's a big part of having your circle around you that, that want to live, you know, vicariously through you. So he has to host. He has to, you know, create the vibe. Um, so I think it's a big part of that, people pleasing as well. Um, but yeah, a good part of that group over there they're pretty locked in and focused now they may talk a little trash which a lot of the world does not like um, because they haven't won anything yet but that's just who they are they embrace it they they talk trash they have fun they listen to music loud they they you know they have a good energy and they they hoop and they love to compete um now the fact that they have so many distractions off the court it doesn't help so you know a lot of people looking like you, know, you guys need to change your ways and you know i i I mean, I, I mess with it. I think it's cool. You know, this is who you guys are. This is who you want to be. Why change for anybody else? You know, be who you are. Uh, certain things definitely need to do, need to tighten up. But, you know, all in all, I think they're all, you know, well-grounded, good kids that understand, um, you know, life, the game, and how to do things the right way. And there's nothing wrong with them having fun. Now, uh, I'm not going to say, like, you know, people are pointing fingers and not just a group but the teammates. I'm sure a lot of them have tried to talk to 12 as well and you know get them under their shoulder but said, they're all grown men they all do different things some guys value you know different things more than others you now some of them value the kid or like to stay at home and be with the kids some guys like to go out some guys like to gamble you, you never know what it is but you can't make somebody do something or be something that they're not
0: yeah no it's i think i, I think it's very tricky cuz y- y- you don't want to overestimate the value of a veteran voice Right. But at the same time, you don't want to underestimate the value of it. And I I did find that interesting that you were the only one, you and Steven Adams are the only guys there for a team that had such high expectations. And I understand from a roster building standpoint, you want as much young talent as possible. But for sure. I guess when you when you have a team that could be dealing with maturity issues, I think you got to try and find a, a better balance. And I don't know if any that's the thing. Yeah, as you said, I don't know if anybody could have stopped jaw's path that he was on no nah.
1: no nah, was gonna I think you know that, that was gonna happen eventually um but I said I'm glad as sooner than later and that you know nothing major has happened where anything was hurt anybody was hurt or harmed um in the situation so it's something that he can learn from quickly early and, and turn it around and, and you know continue to, to live his life as a, a great basketball player and be an NBA all-star pro to where everybody looks up to him and, and wants to see him win.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how this case, again, kind of continues to develop. Because when the news came out, it was at least two games. And Taylor Jenkins has said uh, that there is no timetable for his return. We don't know exactly what type of help uh, John Moran is going to get. Uh, We don't know Mm -hmm. how the Colorado police are going to react to this story. We don't know how the NBA is going to react uh, to the story. Because the punishment that was handed down, the quote-unquote punishment at least, came from the Memphis Grizzlies, not from the league officially. And if the Colorado police have a beef, I'm sure the NBA will too. So uh, Mm -hmm. far from done there. And it does make me very concerned uh, for the immediate future of the Memphis Grizzlies, not just because of John Morant uh, and Mm -hmm. not just because now uh, I think it's every two technicals that Dylan Brooks gets uh, results in a suspension, which is obviously not a good thing, Uh, but uh, a bigger concern or a same, another concern is Brandon Clark torn Achilles out for the season? Danny, you spent half the season in Memphis. What does that mm-hmm. mean for the Grizzlies?
1: Uh, that's that's a that's a blow. That's a, the biggest. I think that's the more most important one um, that everybody's kind of not really talking about. Obviously, everybody's talking about Ja. He's a superstar there. He can carry a team. But you know, I talk about Jaron being the X factor. But realistically, for them to win playoff series and to make it to the finals or Western Conference Finals, they're gonna need. Their X factors that are off the bench, and that's Tyus and BC. And BC, damn near, is a double double off the bench for you. You need that energy. And without him, I don't see them making it there, I don't see them winning. Without him, he's a big factor, a big piece of the puzzle. What they do, um, they need his energy, they need his rebounding, they need you know just what he brings to the table. Um, his floaters, um, and that bench scoring, so that he, he's damn near a double double off the bench. So without him, um you're, you're lacking. Now you're going to need you know, Santi's going to have to pick it up. Santi Aldama is going to be the next in line guy. You need Steven Adams back. Hopefully they stay healthy, but they do have some talent and they do have some depth, but without him, that changes a lot of things. And that's going to be tough to win without him. I think that's the biggest blow for them right now is, is losing Brandon Clark. So big shout out to him. Prayers up for you, man. Big BC. Um wishing you a speedy recovery, man. And that your surgery goes well. It's a tough thing. Uh, I know what it's like going through that. So, um, you know, just want to give him some some love and support, and know that we're thinking of him. Um, but that's a tough blow for him. It's a tough blow for you know the city of Memphis and the organization.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, the connection that he had with Ja there in the paint. Uh, his ability to rim run. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Grizzlies uh, one of the strengths of their of their team is their ability to rebound, and obviously, you're losing a big rebounder there. I think conversely, it also hurts because we know how much Jaron can struggle with his foul trouble. So now that only gets elevated. Uh, come towards the playoffs so uh, I don't think we're writing off the Memphis Grizzlies as a team that could win a championship this year but I think it's fair to say we think it is fair it is unlikely uh, to happen uh, before we get out of here since we've been talking about contenders all show we've talked about uh, this we've talked about the Celtics we've talked about the Cavs we've talked about a little bit about the Warriors I guess we did I think uh, but I also hmm. want to talk about another team that, oh, we talked about the Knicks. Uh, we talked about, I want to talk about another team that I do not think is a contender anymore, Danny. And then we'll go home. Uh, okay. I think you will disagree with me, but I feel strongly about this. I, for the life of me, cannot understand. The cap, the, the the L.A. Clippers were playing so well, finally trending upwards, Kawhi Leonard Finally looking like Kawhi Leonard, looking very similar to the one who made the 2019 run with the Raptors team, which you were a teammate with uh on you were a teammate with him during that run. I felt that they were on their way back. Norm Powell was looking like a sixth man of the year. Trade deadline hits. Oh, snap. You picked up Bone Tyler. Not a bad look. Oh, you mm-hmm. picked up Eric Gordon, a stretch a, a stretch three-point shooter. Lovely. That's a good look. Oh. It, it Now you don't have to go small if you don't play Zubak or if Zubak gets in foul trouble or he's having a bad game because you also picked up Mason Pumley who could also be a, a big man for you. So now you can play small, you can play big, you have shooting, you have experience, you have a, a two-way star in Kawhi Leonard who's healthy, you have a championship-level head coach, and then you get Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and you don't just get West, Russell Westbrook uh, in the buyout market, and you don't just, you know, all right, he's going to run the second unit to make sure we got pace, or he's mm-hmm. going to be out here, uh, you know, first first unit, but he's really just doing that to start, to make sure we start games with intensity, because this year the Clippers have been a terrible first quarter team, I would know, for my betting losses. Uh, but <laughs> even still, you put Russell Westbrook out there, and you make him a starter playing over 30 minutes. When you saw what happened with him just across the hall, Westbrook is a fine player. He could do fine things, but to to totally gut the way your team operates, because we know how perplexing and how uh, you have to change the whole flow of your team when you decide to put a non-shooter on the court, such as Russell Westbrook. I just, for the life of me, cannot understand why do Clippers would do this from the start? It's one thing to say, well, he's really killing it off the bench. Let's see what he's doing as a starter. No, out the gate with a team that was playing well, you start giving Westbrook starter minutes, and I can't understand it, and it's so frustrating to me because, again, Dave, I'm not even a Clipper fan. I'm not even a Lakers mm. fan. I just like basketball playing played to a high IQ level the
1: right way, and, huh?
0: I like, and I want teams to play to their potential. And starting Russell Westbrook is not giving the Clippers their best chance of winning. I I, I don't know if you you agree, but I feel so like it
1: should. Is it fair to say you don't like the 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 move they made with picking him up?
0: I no, I actually like the move because I think they do need a guard. They they did they so weren't you think they, they should Reggie start Jackson. Bones? Should they Bones weren't start? getting to get from Paul of uh, John Wall. They just they missed somebody who would force the pace, but was still inclined to pass first.
1: What um, about so you think Bones should start? Who should start at the point guard? Is what I'm asking. I had
0: no problem with them starting Terrence Mann. Okay. Terrence Mann was locking people up. He was hitting he was hitting 3. So you got
1: another defender and another guy that can just facilitate the offense.
0: And, I it, get They're you, not going to don't. They're not leaving him alone. Like you I, did you see did you see uh the game against the War against the Warriors where Draymond was literally hanging out in the paint and he said after the game, it's not even that Westbrook can't shoot, it's because they're playing mind games with him. Throughout the course of the game, making him believe he has to shoot it because we're not honoring his jump shot. He is killing, killing the spacing, killing the usefulness of Kawhi and Paul George. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I
1: don't. I don't disagree with you. I do. I do think they made some really good moves at the deadline. They picked up some really good pieces. I do think they had a good flow before the deadline. So, even before the changes, I thought they were good. But picking up Mason Plumlee, great. Eric Gordon, I think he's still similar. Him and Norm, I think, a very similar players. Um, But you got another one of them, depending on Norma's in or out, give you some more depth, right? You lost some shooting with getting away Luke Kennard. Um, But Evan Gordon, Eric Gordon gives you another playmaker. Um, Russ is another playmaker as well. Bones, another playmaker. So you have a bunch of playmakers. So I think it is hard when you have a bunch of those in the mix to figure out who's starting, who's not. So yes, I, I do think that they were better, I wouldn't say better off, but I thought more of a contender before the deadline, even though they picked up some really good pieces. I just think the chemistry of it is weird for them now. They have, a, I think they got better talent-wise. They got more talent for sure in the team, but I don't think it meshes well
0: but as the it should. I chemistry think the chemistry man. Well. And I
1: don't think it's just that. Bones is there, but he's barely playing. Um, I don't think it's just Russ starting. I just think there's too many of the same type of player there now. When you all you need to surround yourself with with Kawhi and PG as shooters and some defenders, Um, you know even Marcus Morris Senior, I, I feel like he is not even able to play up his potential because of so many other guys. There. There's so many uh, pieces Coving, they have. Batum, Covington's Covington. over there, they have so many guys over there, so many pieces you can't even use them. Um, But yeah, I, I do think they. I want to say they fell out of contention, but I think that they it's going to take them a while because you have that type of. I guess those type of energy influx. Yeah. And and that short, you have 20 games to figure it out. I think it's it's gonna take you a whole nother it took Russell's playing pretty well in LA for some time for Spurts. And it took him a year and a half, like a year to figure it out, a year and a half. So when they started bringing out the bench, I think it's gonna take this group some time if they ever do. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but to figure out that group and to mesh when you have expiring, I don't think they're gonna be able to do it in time to so have that flow that they had before the deadline um by playoffs uh, and be playing the, the, that that basketball right. that they were playing before the deadline.
0: I, I don't get it. I mean, I understand why you felt that like you needed Westbrook cuz they don't have a pure point guard.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: and I so I, I don't I don't I don't think it's a bad thing they put him on the roster. Yeah, I just for think, sure I I just think it's a misstep to all of a sudden crown him the starter well, and then put you know, put your superstars 100%, in a position but, where now they don't the, the spacing that they were able to operate with is gone.
1: They they got, you know, they feel they got a really good player for a cheap price in the buyout market. That's what a lot of teams have done. It's a trendy thing. It's like, yo, I I got to start. The value doesn't, the values doesn't, just because
0: it's a value pickup doesn't mean it's the right pickup.
1: A hundred percent. I agree. But he's not the only person that's in the buyout market that is starting. Um, Obviously, other teams have been more successful. We've seen Chicago with Pat Bev. Um, who has won some games. He's Kevin he's Love. helped he's helped them do, they he's may helped not have them, won uh, games in Miami, but he's been in Miami playing some playing some good minutes in Miami. He's now he started. hasn't
0: helped them. He hasn't no. helped them. He's so been playing, but the, they're also the, injured. The defensive efficiency for the for the Chicago Bulls since they picked up Patrick Beverly has jumped up. So but Kevin Love, what's been wrong with the Miami Heat? They weren't scoring up until last week, up until last weekend. They were, at, they, with Kevin Love in the lineup, they were still averaging under 100 points a game with Kevin Love in the, those games with him in the lineup. So really part of that, been, he really has hasn't been helping.
1: Maybe, but a big part of that is their health issues. And, and well, I said sure. Lowry's, a lot of I injuries gonna and Kyle the fact Lowry. that so they're not getting they're not really playing defense like they were and they're not getting on running like they used to. So they're not scoring, but they have a lot of injuries, a lot of health issues. So but I said my point is a lot of guys in the buyout market have been thrown into the fire and been able to make an impact or get into the lineup uh, without. I guess I don't think it's Miami wasn't doing greatly before Kevin got there. So I don't think it's you know, something that he's brought them down.
0: Yeah, I think a lot I understand. of people no, I what to say able yes. to implement
1: these guys in the system uh, right away without having to be like, oh, we're taking steps back, you
0: know. So outside of the Clippers, who I think took a step back by just adding uh, a whole new, very difficult to fit el- element into their team, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. Uh, okay. I think we got to go enough talk. Uh, hopefully uh, this whole job thing thing uh, ends up with the, we see the light yeah. at the end of the tunnel, a lot f- sooner than later. Uh, looking forward to watching, uh, the Cavaliers, Donovan Mitchell, I swear, bro. I, I think we talked about it earlier this year when he was on the, Grizz- when you were on the Grizzlies, the leap that he's taken with his three point shot, I think it enables him to get to that, that other level. Like the, so? like if you, okay, if you looked at like the, the stars in the NBA, like there's the Giannises, there's the Embiids, and you always mm-hmm. felt like Donovan was on the level below those guys, those big two way guard, two way mm-hmm. forward type of guys. But there's a reason why Steph and there's a reason why people can kind of consider Dame in that tier one because it's the three point shot, the threat of the three point shot, the, the number of three-point attempts mm-hmm. that Donovan now feels comfortable putting up, along with his ability to attack the rack. I think I think he's on to something. I think his his three-point shooting oh my has my truly elevated his ceiling. I thought he kind of For I, sure. I, I was a I wasn't I wouldn't say I was a hater, but I was like, he could only go X amount far.
1: I think a lot like, of us doubted him. We didn't see him yeah, to this. This because three point
0: shot changes he wasn't everything.
1: As efficient when he first came into the league. Um, he's gotten a lot better each year. He studies film. He wants to be great. And the kid has a lot of tools. And he's no dummy. He knows that as I get older, I'm not gonna be able to just jump and dunk over people the whole my whole career. So I gotta develop in-between game, you know, floaters, finish off the glass, three-point shot. So if he wants to be great for a long time, he has to be able to do those things. And he's he's I'm gonna say perfected them, but he's worked on a lot of those things and got a lot better at them. He's only getting better because even he's gonna take even steps further because of the way he attacks. Um, the process of it. And I see him in the gym, I see him watching film, um, you know, he loves it. And um, yeah, it's impressive to see him over the years said, uh, I mean, obviously he grew up playing against them with my younger brother and knows my family. Well, uh, which is kind of crazy and, and dope at the same time. Um, so I've always been a fan, but I've grown to be more of a fan as the years have gone on and more of a believer uh, that this kid can, can take it to the next level and bring an organization to another level like Cleveland. I think, you know, they were solid, they were good, but I think he's definitely bringing them to another level with what he can, what he brings to the table. And I think if he stays and they keep this group around for a while, I could see them being, a, a, you know, forceful team in the East for some years to come.
0: All the almighty three point shot. Uh, Yeah. He's jumped at one point. He was shooting at 41% this year, which was like 30 and he was 36% last year. I don't know where he is now, but Make a couple percentage. You make a you make a couple percentage points jumps, but the, has much more threes that he's taking. It truly like it it opens him up to that Dame Lillard type of conversation where he'll legit have. You won't be surprised if he had like a forty five well, point playoff game. Well, that's because, how he scores
1: seventy one. It's not easy to score seventy one, man. Unless you can shoot that ball. So he
0: he's obviously doing yeah. something right. For sure. All right. Uh, see you guys next Wednesday. More yeah. updates and more looking ahead to the playoffs. Danny, I'm like excited, but I'm also kind of, also kind of like, I wouldn't say nervous, but like it's almost yeah. coming to an end. Like it's a, it's a, like a good yeah. time, but like also like ah, like,
1: uh, it's like when you're yeah. watching like, your last couple episodes of your favorite show. You're like, damn, this is the last season, and there's only like three episodes left. You're excited about mm-hmm. it, but you're like it's almost over. Mm -hmm. i get you man. yeah yeah, that's exactly how it's feeling i'm i'm the same so i'm looking forward to it excited about it but obviously i want more season to be left so i can play more and hopefully get opportunity to play more but you know it is what it is you know not all good things last forever but
0: yeah i i I do like how when i've been watching all minutes of keaton cavalier games and i do like when you get when you do get your when you do get out there your ass is ready to shoot. Oh, I'm I'm getting <laughs> active, kid. I'm trying to stay warm on that
1: sideline, riding the bike, do what I can. There's nothing yeah. prepared for that, but you know, trying to stay locked in the game and hopefully I get some opportunity. But staying on the bike, warming up, keeping the knee warm, and you know, let that thing fly when you got it. But
0: yeah, and I still we'll think see. you are averaging 0.8 steals per thirty six. So
1: uh oh, yeah, I almost had another one last game. I dropped one. I had I could have got two last game. I dropped a steal. But we got to keep that up, man. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week, right? We'll be back. Um, Read, rate, subscribe, review. Appreciate the time. We appreciate y'all listening in. Big shout out to to Brandon Clark. Prayers for him. Supporting John Morant. He was also a member of a a guest on our show. So, you know, we have nothing but love and support for him and his family um, in Memphis. But, um, you know, even though we love them and support them, we're Cavaliers now. So we're looking forward to what we can do in the Cleveland floor. stay tuned until next time
0: until next time y'all peace